Hello, Cryptids, and welcome to a Reflect. I am here with uh, not one, not two, well, actually two. It's, it's, it's two. It's two of the Critical Disso boys, because alas, Stuart cannot be here today. Um, but I am here with two others. Shall I let the two of you introduce yourselves? You two lovely, others? Lovely I love the idea that you don't know who they are. There are some people <laughs> come in. I do really want to stress, I do know what podcast I'm on. I love being on My Dad Wrote a Porno. It's a personal thing. <laughs> Um, Alice Levine, if you'd like to take on the... I mean, I, I think I probably am the Alice, aren't I? You're so say. the Alice. I'm so the Alice. Even the Alice. <laughs> yeah, who knew regarding Stu that having a two-year-old and a two-week-old at the same time would be a challenge to, to fit into a reflect? Who could have guessed? It's me. Hello, Ali. Hi. All right. And it's me, Stu's two-week-old. <laughs> wow, I'm subbing in for Stu. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> You know, I take priority over the podcast, which, you know, probably fair. Fair enough, I say. <laughs> Can we reveal what Stuart Clark called his daughter? I, I feel like this, this is the best medium with which to reveal. I do we not want Stu to do the reveal. I don't know. You know, I don't want to spoil his But you've got, to think, you've, got, you've got to think, like, the next episode that will be released will be after season four, Tom, if it's not, like, on a Patreon. Like, his daughter, his... She shall not be named daughter... <laughs> Voldemort. Like... He calls his daughter Voldemort. I'm so sorry. Let's um, just say there's a Pokemon theme. There is a Pokemon theme. There is a Pokemon theme. And I know what you're thinking. Crawdaunt is a strong name, and I would agree with you. I <laughs> what I was thinking is, how much of an epidural did Jen have to be on for that to be allowed? <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> say, he was the master immediately. Like, Mid-hypno birth. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> it was a hypno. We've gone with the... It was hypno. <laughs> 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 Little Hypno Clark. Hypno Clark. <laughs> right, we're going to move on, surely. I'm Tom, uh, not um, Stuart's unnamed. She does have a name. She does have a name. She does have a name. Yeah. She's not living in this horrible nether space at the moment. She's, she's you know, very well. Stu, Stu did say he might join us. Maybe he, he, may, might pop re- in. he may reveal later. He but, may um, pop in. So yeah. apologies if you have asked um, a direct question to Stu for this reflect, but uh, unfortunately we could we could attempt an answer if we're feeling Stewy. But um, we're probably more feeling David, Tom and Ali. Get into um, the zone. I I don't know. Um, All right. So now that that's out of the way, let's ask some questions. We're going to start with Mike Habbages, one of our newest patrons. Thank you, Mike. We very much appreciate your support. But Mike has asked a few questions that I, I think would be, you know, great to kick us off. And just to mention as well, this is the Reflect for Spatial Rend as an arc. Um, we'll probably be answering general questions as well because, you know, people just throw us questions, which is great. So Mike Habbages asks, now that I've finally caught up, well done, Mike, I've got a few questions I've said that quite sinister. Maybe this you is... Did. How is it? You did. If you had to choose an NPC to join the party full-time, who would it be? And why is the only correct answer General Phillips? Well, whoa. Aggressive, Mike. <laughs> really aggressive. That's tone. what we call in journalism a closed question. <laughs> <laughs> um, General Phillips would be good. Would be, uh, would be a fun NPC to have join the gang. And who's to say General Phillips won't join the gang in future? But if we take it as read that obviously General Phillips would be the most ideal NPC to join the party, who else would you like to join? 
the party. Are we also for this another question that I have before we give an answer? Oh, sorry, Dave, um, is your name Mike Habbages? <laughs> because I'm funny that you ask. <laughs> oh, <no>. um, <laughs> imagine, imagine how mad it would be if one of our podcasts like paid for our Patreon. Wouldn't that be crazy, Tom? <laughs> that is crazy. That Listen, I needed I needed to hear the Patreon content one way or another, so apparently I've had to <laughs> apparently this is the alias I've done. Um I I have to ask, in terms of the party, are we including whatever special defenders we have with us at a particular time as the party? Or are we considering them like are are the trio the party and I the others are like series recurring? I think the trio is the party in this case. I feel okay, like if, if right. there could be a fourth character played by an anonymous fourth person, Stuart Clark's um, as yet to be revealed name daughter is going to play, and we're like, right, we want one of the current NPCs to be in the main team. Who would that be, Ali or David? Throwing this to one of you guys. Uh, well, you got to think about what what we're missing from our current party, and they're just such mm. well-rounded three-dimensional characters that, quite frankly, we're not missing anything. Um, balance. Yeah, but we've we've got the kind of like headstrong, angry one. We've got the kind of like That's reflective, yeah. smart one. That's Brandy, yeah, Brandy obviously. Obviously, um, and then we've got the like kooky, silly one, which is Theo. Yeah. So <laughs> like, what 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 are we what are we missing? Uh, <laughs> Either we're missing a super dark, intense character. I know, I know, we're thinking that Kenny can be super dark and intense sometimes, but look, I'm just saying, on, on the day to day, super intense and dark, a sort of Crow Batman figure, which I, I suppose I've, I've answered the own, my own question there, uh, <laughs> but also perhaps a character who just absolutely loves cheese as well as another. I that is missing largely as a lactose intolerant team. <laughs> it's uh, no. that's some canon law that I'm dropping right there. Wow, all of us all can't of us. do can't do dairy, can't oh, do it God, at all. Th- those those cheese sandwiches in the prison were that's a nightmare. We then, weren't they? That's where we all discovered it. <laughs> I, I feel like it's a, if we are to place these characters as like a... Oh, oh, oh my oh, God. Whilst so Stuart Clark appeared. I just tried to jump in somewhere after the sort of IBS lactose chat. Um, <laughs> oh, and you'd have been waiting a while. This has blown oh. my mind. We can't see him, but we hear him. Beautiful oh, man, we did such a long 15 minutes of why you weren't here as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Honestly, we went so deep into the lore. And then... <laughs> but... Um, <gasps> But oh, yes, I'm here in body, good. if not in spirit. No, the other way, the other way around. <laughs> God, well, that proves my point, doesn't it? <laughs> it's just a body on the floor. <laughs> Wait, Stu? No, I'm here. Hi, hello, everybody. Hey. Hello. Hello, yes. mate. I've had some stuff to deal with, but um, yeah, I don't yeah. know what the guys told you. Whatever they said, absolutely true. Do you know what's true? Do you know what is? Do you know what is good here? We actually held off revealing the name of your daughter because we oh. felt like maybe you would want to do that on the podcast yourself. Sure. So as you're That's here... Our extended family. Our podcast on our, family. On our Pokemon-based podcast. Well, exactly. We were like, of all the people who would appreciate your daughter's name, oh, perhaps you can reveal right now little Giri Tina. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the Tina. 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 Yeah. Krikatoon is a weird middle name, but Krikatoon. I'm here for it. <laughs> Uh, last week, Monday, 10.45am, Evie Willow-Clark was born in London, and she's with us now, and she's causing me all manner of joy, love, and also, uh, uh, you know, everything else that comes with a baby, and also having a two-and-a-half-year-old, hence why I, my life is chaos at the moment. you got your hands full. 20 minutes late, and I'm sorry, and I'm sorry. But hey, no, I should she, be on stage. I should be on stage exactly, right now. This is, exactly. this is bonus stew in and of itself. My show's been cancelled. By the 
yeah. ongoing plague. So, hey, <laughs> at least there's that. Stu, it's absolutely fine. We, we're really glad that you're here. And, you I'm know, glad. It's just I'm glad so, it's so brilliant that you've joined Wait, us. Wait, are you being sarcastic? I detect there's malice. There's a malice in you. No! <laughs> What's hilarious about this is Tom is doing what a solely visual gag that neither Stu <laughs> nor the listeners will ever know. <laughs> I may have been making some gestures when I said that. But let's move on to Mike Havage's question about an NPC who you'd like to join the main party. Uh, we've landed on a character who loves cheese, so I suppose the question is now, which of our NPCs most loves cheese? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Don't worry, I'll catch up. It's a non-sequitur in a lot of ways, okay, okay, even okay. for us. And, it, and we've reached these questions only 20 minutes in. God, this is... Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. And yes, this is the only question we've answered so okay. far. And we haven't even answered it. Just <laughs> we haven't even answered it. I was going to propose to this question is if we think about our team as like an RPG party, I feel like we've got Brandy as a swords person. We've got Kenny and Theo as a black and white Wait, so mage, probably, mage? respectively. What? How is <laughs> who's the cheese mage? Who's, who's the cheese mage and or thief? Like, that's the, that's what we need is a thief and or pickpocket. This that's really the role me. that's missing. Again, sorry about a non-sequitur, but I just want to I just want to remind everyone of uh, the time in our previous Pokemon campaign where we decided to turn a Grimer into a cheese-based Grimer called oh, yes. a cheese for no reason. It didn't <laughs> like benefit anyone. It didn't change its stats. Did we or it's it type moves? even. No, no it's a poison it type. Just, yeah, just for us, just for us. We knew that it was made of cheese. But wasn't it molten gorgonzola? It was even more specific. It wasn't even like just general cheese. We should have given it the fire type. We missed a trick. We God, we were young and naive, weren't we? Hey. Thank God you yeah. found me to level you all Thanks, out. Thanks, David. You know Thank I mean? you. Yes. <laughs> but I was just thinking, like, what would the fourth person in that JRPG party be if we have got like two mages and a, a healer? And a, Paladin. Of some sort. So yeah. you've got you've got damage dealing spell based. You've got white mage healing and support, and you've got swordsman fronting. I would put you need a like rogue. Blue mage. You need a sneaky yeah. rogue, right? I think like we need a, a sneaky sneaker assassin. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I guess would be Hannah could be that, but but or even Adri really, master of disguise. Or even Adri. Adri in Adri in Vespa mode, I'd say is a pretty. Yeah, we need Vespa, but not Adri, because then also Adri. they don't talk. Yes, equally great Perfect. for the trio because, as you said, we kind of balance each other out vocally. Yeah, Ad- yeah. Adri slash Vespa is that one NPC that you have back on the ship that has a full storyline that you could follow. You could do their personal quest, but you just choose not to. Like that exclamation point <laughs> above their head is like flashing so hard for you to please follow this quest. Please, I've got a whole <laughs> like the voice actor for Adri recorded 16 hours of dialogue to do this thing and you're not going to hear a second of it no not at all the recommended level for that quest was like 10 and now we're 30 we're like is <laughs> there much level. point sorry Adrian. is there yeah. much point like we just breeze <laughs> through that level like... not worth it because <laughs> yeah. they get really good at level 30 but they're so bad at early level that we just spammed hannah's storyline for the whole the whole time because, like, <laughs> so op early level like it's just like you walk the game um i think that's i think that makes sense yeah adri and oh, anyway, hannah as as and Tallahassee are almost main party at this point as well. Um, yeah. And I like that. I mean, yeah, I think I think there we go. Rogue Vesper is our answer to that one, Mike. Mike's second question is for the characters. And Mike asks, going into the next arc, what are each of your characters' current biggest slash most pressing fears? Ooh. Ali, what is Kenny's current most pressing fear? I guess uh, Kenny's, feeling, Kenny's actually feeling pretty confident right now. So I guess probably, I think it's just failing in their task. Mm. I think he's scared of failing, of coming so close and 
there's been a sort of real kind of momentum. Like if we think about how quick this this season has been, season three has been about a day. Yeah, it's. I don't even think we've gone to sleep in season three. So, or maybe we have once. I think in Rockslide, there's been real kind of progress, real quick, and it's just like, well, naturally we're gonna we're gonna we're Mm. gonna succeed here. So I think Kenny's Kenny's really scared about that it'll all be for nothing. Nice and. David? I think that's something that I felt both as player and as character going into the next arc, is that we, we come in on a real high. Like, like spatial rend, a lot happens. Like, a lot is achieved in the episodes that we've just done. Mm. And particularly for Theo getting the final tome. Like, that is a... There's, a, there's some big moments happening here. But I think that what I realised going through it is that some of the fears, not to do any spoilers, but a lot of the fears that we set up at the start of the season motivate all three of our characters, I think, by the end of it. I think that this last arc of the season really actually ties a bow on a lot of stuff that Bide set up. Yeah. For, at least for Theo. And I think Theo Theo mentioned a, good, uh, a very interesting thing at the end of the Moltres fight episode of Spatial Rend where Theo is very close to achieving their goals and there was this sort of latent back of the head fear that I think lots of people can relate to in the idea of what happens when you actually get what you want Mm. (laughs) what is the there's that kind of i sort of got that nagging fear that the characters are getting closer to that stage of like we're going to get the king's rock probably pretty soon if we're on our current trajectory what then (laughs) but there's a fear of like we've got to do something we've got to now save the world how are we going to do that who knows i've recently i've returned to the pokemon adventures manga recently as well and i do feel like there's some really interesting like zinnia to theo parallels that i didn't notice before of that kind of person messianic figure trying to save the world are you are you always the special one and that's always something that nags in the back of theo's mind i think that that's something that's going to play over a lot as we go forward i think in terms of fears brandy just to round it off is currently she made a different choice uh, to kenny and theo and even though kenny and theo have been very sort of forgiving brandy is also very much feeling very strongly that she she wants to bring her dad back in the right way and wants her dad to meet Kenny and Theo but also has this very back of the mind pressing painful thing called Tallahassee Bingeworth that she knows she needs to stand down really because she's she doesn't want Kenny to know that she's hired this person to subdue Kenny if he's to kind of lose control because she's got because after the spatial end arc she's feeling more trusting of the team and actually is reasserted that no I, I do trust these two people and actually Tallahassee is sort of a big signaler that she doesn't when so she sort of wants to try and find a yeah. moment to uh, sit down with Tallahassee which is probably not going to happen as they're currently storming or about to storm a, a prison Brandy's got a lot on at the moment doesn't she's she? got like, a lot on the plate she's oh. got so much more on than I'm more on the Theo and Kenny comp- Theo and Carl Kenny Carl. are just like God, we just smashed a Moltres. This is great. What a yeah, day. Guys. Oh, we're having a great time. Uh, and Stu might yes. also ask the question on a similar vein, um, which asks you, what was your biggest fear as a GM going into this arc? Which is a very big oh, question. For this. No, no, that's good. I, I always get worried when questions askers go. And also, Stu, you pick an NPC. And I go, none of the NPCs are as fleshed out as the main characters. I can't, <laughs> I can't do that with the NPCs. Oh, no. But me, personally, GM fear... Um, was it there going must have been a lot. Oh, no, yeah. no, in this Everything. one, like 
there was you made because you made some big calls. <gasps> so yeah, I was going to say I think it's more interesting to say the arc we've just done. We've just been, yeah. Than, uh, oh god. Yeah. So let's put this back. So we just finished Cosmic Power. Yeah, I think the big one was how can I really test and push the player characters because I think Cosmic Power had like little snippets of it, Theo and the Samantha memories and the little conversation with Medicham, little little moments of like really pushing the character's buttons and seeing like, hey, what's what's under this rock? How does, how does so-and-so feel about this? Blah, blah, blah. But I would also say that a lot of cosmic power ended up being about the environment that you were in and the characters that you met there, like Delch and King Thrush and the, the vampire squad. It was a very kind of like, hey, the characters happen to be in this location and things are happening to them, but it wasn't really about them and their specific journey so i was like i really want this next arc to be more related to them personally and that was where the kind of idea of this portal realm and these choices and everything came because i was like right let's just let's cut straight to the core of them and be like hey what would happen if theo brandy kenny were offered you know the chance to fix their biggest failure their biggest regret what would they do with it how would that play out and I don't know, I thought it was great, and I thought it ended up really, really cool, and I'm so glad that Tom did pick the, mm. uh, the, the, the yeah, option big time. that he did. Yeah. Sorry, that Brandy chose the option that she did. I think, because... I, I, I actually think Tom making that decision justified your decision to put it in. Like, yeah. because I mean, look, it's, yeah. it's all... if it hadn't, it, it would still have told us something about the characters and their resolve and how committed they were, but I think having Brandy just be that slight voice of dissent not even dissent just that she was not ready to be in the place where theo and kenny were and what does that mean yeah. going forward has she has she learned has she moved on has she progressed i think she has i think you know the for brandy... me from 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 the outside like looking at tom approach that i think you've always sort of played brandy tom as being ever so slightly separate from Theo and Kenny and and I think you've even made jokes like I've now joined your storyline because of my mm. dad and stuff like that and and then and so it was so perfect and so fitting that like Brandy had to go on essentially a side like not a side quest because that almost undermines it but like a separate journey yeah and I to think the I think that's that's related to the fact that th that's almost why she made that choice as you're saying Ali because Theo and Kenny are very connected to the King's Rock plot so the idea of being like suffering and you end up at the King's Rock or you can just get your dad back. It made a lot less sense for Brandy to take the path of like, yeah. well, if I go to the King's Rock and then I can get my dad back, I could do it that way. Or I could just do it now and actually not have to bother with, you know, uh, something that Brandy is not very much connected to that, that, than the other two um, have been. But very interesting, um, Stu. And then this probably related, Alex asks, at what point did you come up with the idea for the choice plot point? Pre-arc, pre-session, mid-session? Did you have any plans if they all chose sacrifice? Great question. I can't totally remember exactly when I centred on that idea, but I do remember that in the very first episode of Spatial Rend, we had the portal. That was that was in the first episode, mm. wasn't it? Vlad and Alatoli mm. had were, were travelling to the portal with Mister N. So I have to imagine that I did already know about this portal and the fact that. Obviously, I didn't know the characters were going to go into the portal, but I knew that the portal was going to be a focus, a focal point. And I had ideas about what that would mean. I kind of thought maybe only one might go in it, maybe Kenny or, uh, 
you, you know, there, there might be some like portal business happening in the portal, and then outside the portal, we might be following some other characters, maybe defending the the uh, the chaplaincy from something. I, I, that in my head, I think that's where I sort of thought it was going to go. Like, uh, you know, we'll hold the line here, you go in the portal, blah blah blah. But within the second episode, we have Brandy accidentally falling in, and then Theo and Kenny were in the portal, and I was like, oh right, okay, so we're all going in. And then I was like, right, well, if we're going to do an interesting character choice with this portal, let's do it for all of them. Let's see where the the dice fall or the decisions fall. So I didn't know what we would do if someone chose sacrifice. Someone did. And therefore, that was a big between session like, right, okay, we've we've torn up the timeline here. We need to we need to not fix this, but work out how we can. Yeah, I think we chatted more about that. Oh yeah, we probably chatted about anything else. Yeah, Mm. big time. I think someone asked, "What was the?" I think it was Alex. Apologies if it wasn't Alex, but asked, "What was the uncut reaction to when I made the choice of sacrifice?" (laughs) Just a lot of stress, wasn't it? It was just a lot of like, yeah, yeah. If you could see the WhatsApp messages, it was like, yes, that is like nobody was like, what? No, what? Like it was almost like the scene and Tom's performance and everything had totally built up to like, oh yeah, that was obviously what was going to happen. But then it was like, oh god what do we do i think i think the three of us not tom could literally see it on the little zoom screen tom going i know what brandy would do but i tom as a storyteller know i'm messing with time travel which is a black pit so but we we, i think we literally had to be like play the character dude we will sort it out but then i also think you know what kenny always gets to play with time travel so it's my turn (laughs) i want to do a time episode ali was like come join me in the pit it's so black (laughs) yeah exactly it's it's so hard to see in here I can't see anything. <laughs> Another sort of seemingly related question. Beth asks, this is to Tom, Ali and David. How was it recording episodes where your actual characters weren't in it at all? Uh, so obviously during Brandy's episode, Theo and Kenny weren't there. And obviously during Theo and Kenny's episodes, Brandy wasn't there personally it didn't really feel hugely different <laughs> i would say i was gonna say this it's quite relaxing actually yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it's a lot of less stress i felt a lot of stress it was actually worse for me that kenny and theo weren't there for mm. brandy's episode because i very much felt like right there's a i felt like what it would be like if you if you were the main character of a story i was like i don't like this i like a yeah. shared burden <laughs> Tom and the scenes, the scenes... So <laughs> well the scenes where i feel most... immediately the, the scenes where I feel most comfortable are probably the scenes with just the three of them. Or, or maybe yeah. the three and one NPC that Stu can play. Like, we don't have action to do or we don't have... like We, we can just discuss and banter and, and stuff like that. Mm. So, like, when the... I mean, I'm a bit luckier insofar as, like, Kenny's episode, I didn't necessarily see that coming. Whereas Tom, like, we knew this would be all on Brandy and nothing else. We even oh, said, like, this might take yeah. more than one episode. So you were more so flying like, by the seat of your pants and like, oh, well, I, I'm in it. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Because also, like, that happened to Kenny. It wasn't Kenny's decision to go yes, back in true. time. Like, true, true, true. you, yeah. Stu, just went, we're going to... And you, I think you even said you thought it might just take half the episode. So, like, it wasn't ever intended to just be about Kenny. And then I gave, um, then I gave Tom a pig night and I was like, nope. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Nope, nope we're staying for the whole thing. Um, I think I always really enjoy them because I am often a little bit more reticent to pick up like a random NPC here and there. So there's actually been an episode where you're forced to do it 
is is actually yeah, really I, fun. Like it's it's a great situation. It's a great comfortable playing ground. I also definitely remember on the Brandy episode, and I I hope this is not too much of a peek behind the curtain, but where in that episode where uh, we go back in time to see the Brandy sacrifice plotline was right in the middle of like the redundancy process at GQ, and I remember that week. I remember I think we were in the WhatsApp thread beforehand, and I was like. I, I honestly do not know if I have a single scrap of creativity left in my body. <laughs> and then you came up with and... Cornelius, Dave. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank you. But, it, yeah. but like, I really did. It was one of those moments that was so serendipitous. Because we have episodes where all of us are like a little run down. And like, oh, yeah. like I think we, we all hide them, I think, phenomenally well. But I remember that episode being like, if I had had to play Theo and do plot lines and do scenes... I think I would have got off that Zoom call and just like sat in a dark room for two hours. So to only have he to play Cornelius was such, <laughs> such a treat. Such a treat. And uh, in answer to Alex's next question um, about in episode 38, we heard the stories of the two tomes. One followed sacrifice, one solo, uh, followed suffering. Alex asked, what was the choice? And knowing callback, um, it was not because she doesn't plan anything, unfortunately. Wait, it was what, just callback to what? As have, in, I done a, have I done something clever without realising? I believe that was intended, or I would assume oh, as in, so. as in the tomes that you like found on the ship? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that always intended, though? Like, when you came up with the idea of the portal and someone yeah. going in it, was someone yeah. falling in that portal always going to choose one of those paths? No, Ali, Ali, the whole, the whole suffering sacrifice re- being related to different timelines was so forced. <laughs> like, this... <laughs> You have to suffer through this timeline and then you have to sacrifice the current time. I said it so many times in the Portal episode because I knew that if I didn't say it at least 16 times, I mean, it's still not clear, let's be honest, but I knew what I meant and you guys ended up knowing what I meant. So I was like, okay, it kind of tracks. But yes, I found a way to make sacrifice and suffering, which we'd already discovered in these previous tomes, somehow relevant to these choices. I don't know exactly what's written in those tomes. Neither does Theo yet. Kanan knows a bit more. Adri, we don't know. We don't know what Adri knows. But somewhere in those tomes is probably something related to these portals and finding the third tome. It's a mess of symbols and runic stuff. Nobody knows, really. It's it's a mystery. It works. Trust me. Discussing callbacks, uh, Beth asks to you, Stu, we met Gratuitous Candle in Rockslide 4. Did you plan that they would be a central part to Theo and Kenny's plot this arc, or did that come up sort of as the arc went on? Sort of similar to the sort of portal idea. Yeah. When no, did when did, when were you like, point. right, it's going to be Gratuitous Candle? Uh, when I was like, I need a boss, and... <laughs> 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 Who have we got? Let's flip through the <laughs> character wiki. Oh, this guy. Um, Can Squash Mallet have left Vichy Swan? I at wish. Boss <laughs> battle. No, um, no, it wasn't planned. But when I did, I was, I was, I was just sort of thinking, like, okay, they're gonna need, there's gonna need to be something, you know, when they, when they get to the end of this path. I sort of, I didn't want Brandy to have this huge focus ep, and then for Theo and Kenny to just kind of get somewhere and be like oh okay here's the tome guess we'll guess we'll go back now um <laughs> you know i wanted there to be a similarly you know big epic thing that they had to overcome mm. or, or or whatever so i was thinking about how that might work and then i was like right well if we're playing with with time and we're playing with the law i was like well if this is related to the king's rock let's have something related to the king's rock that we already know about and the only real stuff that we've got concretely linked to the king's rock is that kenny episode 
and the flashback to ancient Formia in terms of canon stuff. So I was like, right, we've got to mine that. Who was our central character in that? Gratuitous Candle. Gratuitous Candle has an axe to grind with Kenny, so that would instantly spark a battle if they were to meet again in the current timeline. It made sense, and I was like, great. And then we could have the flashback that Gratuitous Candle instigated to explain who used the King's Rock and what happened. So that was an extra fun bit of lore we could we could splice in there as well. Very good. Very good. You did. You did. Weaved it together very well, Stu. I've got to, got to give you credit for that. Something that we established in season one with like those two figures going and separate Jansen. ways has like finally been... Jansen. Yeah. And Jansen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was some good... Finally, movie, like, finally been revealed. I want to you wait, Jansen will come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's the big, big boss. Oh, you wait. Um, I want to apologise to everyone who's asked Reflect questions just because I'm sort of... I'm going very scattergun and sort of picking out ones currently that are arc relevant or sort of story relevant currently and then we'll move on to some fun quick fire stuff yeah I'm just, don't worry we'll enjoy the episode in a bit I, <laughs> <laughs> so true skip <laughs> skip the next you know 10 minutes and then and then we'll get to the fun the fun ones Okay, here we go. Slightly different point. In the most recent episode, Beth has asked, Stu, when did you decide to have Barry become a more important character than when he was first introduced? How did you decide to remove Varn as the head of Helsing and have Barry replace him? Which oh, I, yeah. I might say, yeah, yeah, yeah. very shocking for us as the yeah. uh, as the people reading coming. the radio play. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, cold my read. A cold did, read. Did, so, can I just... Can we just... You did so well, having read that for the first time as you were speaking it, to, to like, deliver that. Unbelievable. When was the I last would, time you'd I seen would... Barry before this? We'd I'm trying to remember now. We'd see... I think in the podcast, we'd only literally seen him in Raindance. Yeah, no. and really? I would... I yeah, would... I think so. That's so interesting. Well, maybe Aside from vignette. Kenny's like, like, nervous space. We, we had, had him in a couple of vignettes in Rockslide, yeah. I think, didn't we? Like, he was there with, um, with uh, Warden Vipen. There was a there was a Barry oh, yeah. moment, oh, yeah. wasn't there? So yeah. so yeah. So I think start of season three. Oh, I'll tell you where it came from. Start of season three. This got, never got released. It maybe will go on the Patreon someday. Um, Who knows? In about we, ten years, maybe. We did a collective like state of formia call. We did a world building chat where we were trying to work out. Okay, we skipped a month. Like, let's all put our brains What's together, and month? just for us. Let's try and work out some maybe some key things that have either happened or it might be good to be aware of. We're not we're not marrying ourselves to them. We can discard them, but if we want to, we can be like, "Hey, in our world building chat, we talked about this. Maybe I can bring that in to the current plot, and everyone will know what I'm talking about." Sort of. So we had a big a big old chat, and we talked about a lot of things, and most of them became incredibly irrelevant very very quickly but i do remember mm. we did uh, something about team helsing and we did like an zorcario wasn't it yeah we did an improv of barry after the zorcario the abomination hunt which again i'm not expecting you to remember but for the for the deep lore enthusiasts was the hunt that team helsing were organizing which could have been one of the missions that you went on in season two you chose not to. You went after Nautilus and the sh- and the train and all that. But if you had chosen to follow Helsing, you would have gone on the Zulcario hunt. 
um, Zorcario being a, a combination of a Zororic and a Lucario. Of Am course, I, mm. of course, it's yes, Zororic, which was oh, submitted yeah. by Aurora. It was submitted yep. by Aurora. Wow. A great okay. memory. There we go. Thank you, Aurora. So wonderful. Yes. So we actually saw the scene of Barry defeating the Zorcario and. De- depositing the the severed head of the Zucario in front of Vaughn and basically Vaughn being like holy shinks this guy's terrifying wow <laughs> um I think Ali played Barry in that yeah, as well of course, of yeah course. being scary Ali and obviously it planted this seed in my head of Barry just in the background somewhere ascending the ranks of Team Helsing and just being this terrifying figure with a bishop who was so married to the cause and so frenetic in their zealotry that they were just blinded to everything else and actually their kind of dedication to the Helsing doctrine surpassed even Vaughn who was kind of in it for the the political gain and the power and then I was like yeah this is really good and actually Barry is the interesting character here Barry's the one that we met in Raindance Barry is the one who's on a journey Barry is the one who has a connection to Kenny and Theo to an extent Vaughn is just some guy with a deep northern accent who I've come up with in the background and we've never met yeah, just a very rich person who is just set a very up, rich guy set up team helsing set up team helsing is kind of using maker. it for his own gain and i was like barry's barry's much more interesting as the head of team helsing here Vaughn, like i was trying to picture us meeting Vaughn, and i was like great it would be a scene of brandy going like oi you rich so and so we're gonna sort you out and you know theo and Whoa, kenny Stu, calm down buddy don't make me redundant here <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, slow your roll. Stop bringing that incredible improv to the table. <laughs> I'm sweating. Uh, it's all right, Tom. We all we all heard that you don't want to play the character. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Just when you do, so, I so hear is, you. I'm there for you, man. So, Stu, is is there is that an interesting? So, because Barry beheaded the Zorcario in your head, is that a bit? I why, think that was it. Yeah, I think that's why that was he beheaded image that was embedded well, like... in my brain. That was obviously no one else will know about. But for me, yeah. I was like, ooh, mirrored imagery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. I hadn't even picked up on that. Yeah, obviously yeah, it makes sense to anyone else. But hey, I feel like we, cool. I feel like we all thought Barry was important, even though we haven't seen Barry since Rain Dance. Yeah. I do feel like all of us, because it was kind of Kenny's, a proper friend, arguably a friend to Kenny, in almost immediately before Theo and Brandon. Yeah, this, obviously, this is Kenny's, from Kenny's first friend from Kenny's perspective. Barry. A, com- you know what, like a complicated Kenny. relationship even then though because if you if you go back and listen to rain dance 2 there's a moment where kenny abandons barry to go and take gary's picture out in the storm and is ready to drop barry at a, at a second's notice comes oh, back yeah. to get him does come back to get him but there is a moment where kenny is like no i'm gonna go and and be part of gary's entourage instead of you and it's like oh, so gosh, which what? totally justifies all the races i was gonna right? say totally <laughs> completely totally justifies <laughs> it like barry. fair enough the fact that Kenny left him for a minute deserves beheading. Kenny, Vaughn, so. I can't tell the difference. <laughs> so, yeah, that, and then I just sort of thought, right, well, if we're going to go for it, let's go for it. And let's get rid of Vaughn in the kind of the most shocking way possible. And that was and that. Was that. Vaughn, Vaughn, we hardly knew ye, except in a few vignettes with a cool yeah, Northern accent. I really enjoyed Vaughn the joke to like... I really enjoy the joke that Vaughn was the most scripted character in the podcast and therefore must die. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremby asks on on Vaughn, Stu, why is it always the northern characters that die? What did we ever do to you? (laughs) Wait, what? Which other northern characters have died? I was going to say, who else have I killed? Well, there's Vaughn. 
What other northern characters? Wait, did Peytang have a northern accent? Have I? Have I? Can anyone remember Peytang? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let's. I don't want to. Talk. Poor Peytang. God, let's not. Was... Let's not reopen that wound. Maybe we've maybe already Peytang had a northern accent. Oh, I'm sorry if that's. Maybe this is Hillary. more that we Hillary just. Hillary definitely didn't have a northern accent. I can. No. Hillary, Hillary sounds like. Yeah, no, that's not northern. Maybe it was more that we had one northern character and they did die. So like, well, we just need to like. Hundred percent fail rate. Was yeah. the church yeah. acolyte in the first? Was that? The one that... Oh! All right, the then, one Theo! Impaled I'm sorry, remember, it's what was me, the scene? Oh, no! Theo, oh. I've got a beam through me midriff, mate! <laughs> oh, no, can you save me, Theo? I can't oh, hear it, I can't hear it. I'm what dying. I will say is actually one of our northern characters was either Ainsley or Ableforth, who is still alive. True. Still alive. Don't leave them with me though, because you know what I'm like. <laughs> I I tried to bring them into the prison very advisedly. North of Wolverhampton, very heavily. And fair game, fair game. <laughs> North of Wolverhampton, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeremby asks, going back slightly, which NPC we would have liked to have seen do the suffering or sacrifice choice, and um, which important person in their life would administer that choice, and what would they choose? Ooh. So instead. Because uh, it's quite hard to pick from a rich world of characters. Not northern <laughs> ones, obviously. They're all dead. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but other characters. So I'm just going to fire a character at everyone, oh. at each person, and they're going to tell me um, who the person is that appears uh, in their in their suffering and sacrifice oh, Who's their choice. spirit guide? Who's their right. spirit guide oh, and God, what okay. choice they eventually make. So, uh, David, I'm going to throw at you Calico. Okay, uh, Calico. You have to I pick, mean, I'm gonna have to pick a spirit guide that we've met on the podcast. You can't say Calico's <laughs> not mom. Patreon. Oh no, you're not. I was you're so gonna do that. I was gonna be like, yeah, they, Dave. They they see Dave. <laughs> you know, Dave from down the pub. <laughs> uh, from the pub. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's probably. Well, it's probably Elisa, probably in That's that what situation. I would say. Okay, yeah. Like yeah, probably yeah. Elisa was was. Calico spirit guide and Previous Calico captain. would probably have chosen sacrifice. Yeah, I don't I think Calico would choose suffering. What, yeah, yeah, I wonder what Calico's moment. Be, I wonder. Yeah, maybe being caught. Be, be in a crowd. <laughs> 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 maybe maybe Calico decides to have two Pokemon against three beginners, and so when <laughs> when Sort gets oh, defeated, have had more than just my wheezing. Damn. <laughs> um, Ali, I'm going to give Hello. you. I'm going to give you Candy. I think Candy is Gary. Ooh, okay. And it's it's, do you leave the cheerleaders or not is her decision. Um, And I think, I don't think she gives it up. I think she suffers. Yeah, I think Candy suffers as well. Uh, Stu, um, Blob. (laughs) But you can't say Blob. I can't. (laughs) You can't say But it has to be somebody on the podcast, but it, it can't be far. <laughs> well, okay. Then in that case, uh, was it Blab or Farb I had? Blab. You've got Blab, but you Blarb can't say guide. He's Kenny, because Blab is part of the What Would Kenny Do? So I think spiritual guide-wise, it totally makes sense for for Kenny to manifest. And then Farb pops up in the corner. It's like, hey, I thought we had a thing here, Blab. <laughs> okay. Um, um, and what does what does what does um. What does Blob choose? Sacrifice or suffering? <laughs> Sorry, um, I am taking this seriously, everyone. <laughs> Stuart, what I'm does trying, Blob choose? I'm trying in to remember what Blob's storyline was. Um, 
And was Blob the one who Blob cried the one got poison? Held back? Were they oh. responsible well, for the Archipelago Islands? Yes, they were. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. they created some acid rain in the Archipelago Islands. That was canon. I think I think it was mainly Blob that did the so the Blob acid rain. with the acid rain tears. I think so. Yeah, I think that. Well, no, because one of them was poisonous and one of them was water. I thought that was. It oh was yes, a combo. one was crying. It was a combo. There was a crying. Yeah. Yes, you're right. So you're I think so right. I think Blob, but I think Blob egged on Farb. I think Blob realised what they could do, and there was a moment where they chose. They didn't want to go to school one day, and they were like, "Do you know what would cancel school? Island-wide acid rain. Let's do it. <laughs> Pinch, me. For me. Pinch me, Farb. Make me cry." Is everybody on the archipelago for islands named with well, the suffix see, I "arb"? Think, I think the sacrifice <laughs> would be that Blob would go back in time to their birth and to talk their to name. their father and change their name on the birth certificate <laughs> to like Kevin. Like, <laughs> I felt like I had nominative, nominative determinism here where I, I had to talk like this because my name's Blorb whereas now now I'm Kevin and I it's me and Jansen working at uh, you know Capricorp as accountants and I've got a normal life yes I'm still five years old what of it so that was Jerembi's question thank you for that Jerembi so I think I think vaguely there's one here from Dark Holson and Dark Holson asks to I imagine Stu how many how how many changes had to be made to the story based on player choices? Um, oh God, count them! I want the exact numbers, Stu. Uh, yeah, um, I, didn't, I didn't anticipate episode one being about the toilet quite so much. That, that was not part of my plans. And I um, wonder, like, how many changes had to be made to the story? That sort of implies that you have anything planned out, which yeah. I vaguely <laughs> I doubt. Say, You're no, very, I, very much doing a. What did I know? Well, okay, I, I knew Mr. N and Mrs. S were going to be in the arc because they were in the first vignette, weren't they? Yes, kind of mm, like they were. The ro- very good vignette that one. Very romantic. Oh, very good. Like the candlelight. Very the nice. The candle, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Can I, Dark Holson? I'm just going to adjust your question ever so slightly. Be gentle. And, yeah. Be and gentle. Ask everyone. This can be a group question. What would have changed in the story had Brandy oh, made? Don't the bend sacrifice? it that way, Tom. Oh, jeez. No, sorry, I'm bending it too far. But if Brandy had chosen to save uh, Leo, what would have happened to the story? Do we think? Uh, for Kenny and Theo I was really hot on all of the episodes can't be for nothing I was like whatever choice we make as long as you haven't listened to a podcast for 60 episodes and then the 61st be like and forget everything else that happened up to this point because we we said in those early conversations about time in that we had already established that time was already predetermined when you went back into it because that's all Kenny's experiences had been so there was no real way that if we were to follow time law, that Brandy could have ever prevented Leo from turning into a Celio. Like, there was absolutely no way that could have ever happened. There would have been, there could have been some twist, but we, we know that Leo was always going to transform. Yeah, well, in our storyline, I mean, one option was we essentially just resolve Brandy's story and Tom well, starts I, a new character. I had, I, had, I, had, I had a thought. Oh, sorry, Tom. Well, me and Stu actually spoke about, yes. like, if... If if I do if if I were to save Leo, like I don't want to destroy the podcast, so is there a backup plan at all? And we had an idea, uh, which would have been quite fun in the end, but would have been quite interesting of of the timeline changing. However, when Kenny and Theo came back in to the portal, they discovered that the leader of Team Helsing was in fact Brandy and not Vaughn. And there was like ah. a Barry Brandy power couple going on, and I could have imagined because in my head I could have Im- I could totally have imagined Leo not be- not becoming a-, a Celio, and then 
becoming we know that leo's dream was to become the pokemon champion so maybe leo did that maybe leo became the pokemon champion and it was leo who died in the ohara incident rather than uh you know because gary wasn't the champion so gary didn't save everyone in that stadium and it was in fact brandy's both parents could have died and then she started team helsing or you know you know something like that and then suddenly there would have been an interesting like i do but i do agree with david and ali in that i always think that would have been limited in terms of like we would always have to get brandy back to original brandy somehow like the dark lady arc of sailor moon was always going to produce chibiusa coming back to the main party exactly. like it was never sailor moon was never going to kill her child do you know what i mean exactly. so uh spoilers yeah. for sailor moon r in case anybody no! hasn't watched that anime oh, in 25 oh, years but last episode <laughs> <laughs> it was either that or for me there was going to be some sort of brandy rescue arc where she was stuck in another timeline and there was some kind of weird stuff going on where like there was a fake brandy in the current timeline and you guys couldn't work out what was wrong with her or I, I don't know there was there was going to be a way to resolve it basically okay. i mean there could um, have been there could have been yeah like i mean would the gratuitous count they still don't happen? they still don't know that you're you're playing fake brandy so oh yeah I mean, they still don't know about fake brandy <laughs> Let's do some fun questions then. Not that those questions weren't fun, people who've asked questions. And We've done inside the actor's studio, now it's time for... Now it's time for... Now for it's time Grazia. For, now it's time for Hot Wings. <laughs> Jerembi's mum, who's also a patron, thank you Jerembi's mum. Jerembi's mum asks, Ali, where did Kenny Hi. learn the flute? Was it an attempt by his parents to get him into something less weird? And an attempt to make friends through bands and orchestras? <laughs> yeah, they chose the most mainstream <laughs> instrument they could. The flute. <laughs> I wonder if the flute probably is. If the flutons are as powerful and as rich as they are, maybe mm. the flute is the guitar of Formia. I think so. I think it's the I guitar so. of the Pokemon world. Like, the flute can actually do something in yeah. the world. Well, uh, the flute... I mean, how many other instruments are there in the games? Like, it's pretty much the flute or... Ukulele Pikachu. That's it. <laughs> Which is very much re- restricted to one particular yeah. Pokemon. Oh, yeah. If you're seen carrying ukulele and you're not a Pikachu, I think you get arrested. <laughs> pretty <laughs> much, get yeah. Arrested in, um, in so I, I that think, should be a good law so. in the real world as well. <laughs> 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 oh, as someone who's engaged a ukulele player, I absolutely adore that comment. <laughs> um, I, think, I think that's very good canon for Kenny's flute history. So yes to everything. To the gang, I think we're going to have trouble with this one. Um, Ellie asks, what are Kenny, Brandy and Theo's favourite songs slash albums? Our listeners, Ellie especially, and Jerembi have come up with lots of great playlists and lots of great songs to check out for them. I mean, we know what Brandy's favourite song is because Ali had to choose it when he oh, was yeah. editing an episode. And I believe it was called Did. Victorious, which was a royalty yes. free piece. Great so, song. <laughs> <laughs> so good that no one pays for it. <laughs> I was fully prepared to like find some silly little song, but then you like threw it with like it reminds me of my dad, and I was like, well, I can't do that now, can I? Yeah, I can't it's play it for long. I think I you could it. have still done it, and it would have been even funnier. <laughs> it just reminds me of my dad. <laughs> but if you do, Theo and Kenny have favourite songs. Well, my my immediate thought when asked that question was that was was Radiohead, and that's not just because my my boyfriend is Radiohead's biggest fan, but then I remembered that. Bjork is queer Radiohead because I am Bjork's biggest fan. And so oh if Bjork is gay Radiohead, 
then our NB character at large is probably a huge Bjork stan in the real world. So I'm going to have to say that if there is a favourite album of uh, of Bjork's that Theo loves, it's probably Biophilia, which is her great tribute to both technology and nature in which she invented a new instrument for each song. Um, I... So I'm going to say her 2012 album Biophilia is Theo's favourite record. I feel by like Bjork. I'm sitting the SATs here. If Bjork is... <laughs> if Bjork is queer Radiohead. What is proof? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Show your workings. Show your workings. I have this chat all the time about what is gay Wonderwall and what is gay like. Um, what is gay Mr. Brightside? Like, there has oh, to be a yeah. like. We all have to have an alternative of everything. Uh, because we can't have any any of your things. What is so. gay Mr. Brightside? I think it's Diana Ross's The Boss or Robin's Dancing on My Own. One or the other. Um, Ooh, listeners, Robin's please advise. Very good. Uh, you need the song that really stops everybody. Uh, but I yeah. think it's probably Robin's Dancing on My Own. So then, wait, hold on. What's the gay YMCA? Because I would say the YMCA is very much a straight <laughs> song. I would agree. I would agree. I've never so heard I... YMCA at a gay bar. So I wonder, um, what's, the, what's the... I mean, what's, is there a song in which people do the similarly cheesy... <laughs> I love the idea that there's a song in which four very normatively dressed straight men just, like, sing we the name of, like, Asda. Pretty... <laughs> 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 well, great. Um, Stu... Uh, Ellie's asked, "What's Asta's favourite song?" Asta's favourite song. I argue that Asta doesn't really listen to like songs. She listens. Asta, to I, songs. I was going to say Asta listens purely to ambient lo-fi beats on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say John Cage 433, just yeah. pure silence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh Anything with a lyric, absolutely not. No. Just Maybe Brian Eno at a push if she's if she's really feeling crazy. White noise, actually, yeah, like a white noise machine, just parked. <laughs> Next I like the idea that the top of her Spotify unwrapped was like white noise of AK-47s being fired and that's what she falls asleep <laughs> so to at night. It's just, just, ah, the sound of warfare. Yeah. Um, we've got a few more song questions, but as as we've sort of proven there, we're we're not as hot on, on the old music side of things. Uh, well, uh, one of us is. <laughs> fine, fine. Fair enough. I was um, going to be like, my answer was going to be like, I don't know, the monkeys? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear okay. I feel like Kate Bush has a real affinity with, with Kenny as well like I feel like Kenny doing Wuthering Heights is, a, is something I'd love oh, to see no, that, that's, that's, that's true content, actually. that is Patreon that is. content and, um, <laughs> it's me you're Kenny I've come home <laughs> oh, don't spoil it don't, don't spoil it, it. <laughs> <laughs> all those rehearsals thrown away on one Alex asks uh, who's everyone's favourite NPC from this arc just that's arc specifically. Vlad and Anatoly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, the yeah. two of them. Yeah. I could have played them all episode. <laughs> and you tried. And you By did. God, I you tried. Really did. <laughs> I was I, like, Kenny's in the loo. I'm here to stay. <laughs> I did enjoy. I did enjoy Gratuitous Candle a lot when Gratuitous Candle was fading away. Um, that was, a really <laughs> that was good. very good. Film. And I also really enjoyed the voice that, you know, the, doing the effects on the voice and making... Mm. Uh, and then doing gratuitous Chandler specifically was excellent. <laughs> um, could I be like any more of a Maltres? Which, listeners, <laughs> if you listen carefully, that's actually Ali speaking at that point. So just FYI. Is it? That's Even Ali. I didn't know that. Yeah. So unfortunately... God, I'm because, so funny. Well, because because <laughs> I was like, well, it doesn't really make sense if I don't put the voice thing on it, but people are going to assume this is Stu. And I'm like, well, 
Sorry, Ali. That's too clever it's, for me. It's gonna have to. Everyone's gonna be like, "What a great nineties joke." Not the first. Not the first time someone else has stolen my thunder, eh, Tom? Oh. What? <laughs> um, I want to give a shout out to Mrs. S uh, because I thought that she provoked a really beautiful scene with Theo. Thank you. Oh wait, I wasn't in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and your Sirskit refusing episodes. to fight Moltres. <laughs> I was going to say. You, you... I played Mrs. S in every other scene except that scene that's you. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, Stu, are you are you saying that Mrs. S wasn't uh, as fleshed out as carrots? Are you sure? <laughs> hey, that was fun. That was a fun scene. That was such was. a fun scene. I mean, that whole uh, that whole Moultrie, that whole suffering bit was just such a I don't know a bit of a tonic for me personally because obviously I had no pressure because I wasn't in either of the episodes. Well, as Brandy. Um, and it just was absolutely crazy. As Ali said, it was very much like kind of by the seat of your pants, like you didn't know it was coming. Whereas the brandy one, it was more like, right, well, we kind of know where we're heading, just sort of how we're going to get there and what scenes you're going to do. You've reminded me, my favourite NPC the whole lot is the Jets. <laughs> oh my giddy on the Jets. I'm still convinced that's Irish, but apparently I've been told in my headset otherwise. Um, so, other fun questions that we've got. How many Pokemon does Kenny have if he counts himself? Varex asks. I don't think Kenny would count himself. Well, actually, Carrie has, Carrie has asked, why is Kenny allowed seven Pokemon? Oh, Carrie. Oh, oh Carrie. Carrie. Kenny has a lot more than seven Pokemon. <laughs> well, Kenny has seven Pokemon. It's just that one of Kenny's Pokemon has a 50 Pokemon strong army that they control. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that they are directly Kenny's Pokemon. They are the Pokemon army. They're a collective. They're like a unit. Mm. Yes, Yeah, Like an Advance Wars unit. You've got your tank <laughs> set up somewhere. <laughs> And it's, it's going across. It's got four squares of movement, and it's moving slowly towards the enemy base. That's what's happening. If it reaches the enemy base, the enemy auto lose, sort of thing. That's what it is. Like, yeah. well, you've got to stay down. there for two turns, Tom. But yeah. Oh, I yeah. see. You've got to be, be there you have in to hold two them. turns. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I, I will say that we are very much sticking to you four Pokemon max. The fact that Kenny picked up King Thrush on this arc, I, I, we refused. He doesn't get used. Not in. No, not King in. Thrush, wait, did, not you, did you have six before King Thrush? I completely, I completely so. missed I did, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I uh, hear that wow. intro every bloody week, and I never even <laughs> notice. <laughs> Ali, I'm so sorry. I've got to stop you because an aide has just turned up with an item finder for you because you've completed seven of your Pokedex entries. There you go. Well done. <laughs> oh, well done. Great. Oh, I can. F- I'm going to try use it to find the King's Rock. Oh, it was under your feet. Well done. <laughs> and what did Asta and Honey get each other for Christy Mass this year? This is from Ellie. Who? I mean, I didn't even need to say that to be honest. Who else is going to ask an Asta? <laughs> an Asta, Professor Honey question. That was that was unspoken. Um... <laughs> the gift mm. of silence this year, I suppose it sounds like. That was that was Honey's gift that. to Asta. It's, I'll I shut up for three that. days. Yeah, it's just for like for like the afternoon, they could just sit in silence, and that was that well, was a gift to Asta. That's I think perfect. that would be a gift because didn't they decide to like they wanted to have a kid? And, and last yeah. Christmas, so actually yeah. a little bit of a little bit of quiet time. I mean, I'm sure Stu would love a bit of quiet time at the moment. So yes, uh, my eye is twitching at the moment, Ali. Like I'm <laughs> genuine right now. There is a small spasm <laughs> in my left eye, and I think that tells you all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, um, the gift of silence and some handcuffs. Just 
Oh my just goodness. Just, oh, to keep, just to keep it going. Just to keep, keep just to keep the flame alive. When you have kids, it's difficult. You know, you've got to find the time somehow. I've got to put a bit of extra effort. Jurembi asks, what was everyone up to back on the ship? Can we get a glimpse into regular life on the ship? Um, can we? I don't know if we can we? without giving think, stuff away. I think we can't really give stuff away. Maybe that's a Patreon episode for another day. Oh, well, Jerembi, right? think about that. What does that mean? I, I mean, will say that I, I will say that question is answered in Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to you're not going to want for for ship folk. True. Yeah. Very true. From Glaring, our wonderful paladin, one of our wonderful paladins, asks so far, who is your favourite submitted listener character? Your favourite listener NPC? David, racking his brain. Listener what? Who? <laughs> it's Hillary. Hillary's my favourite, even though that was David that suggested Hillary. <laughs> no, who's your favourite listener NPC? I very I... much enjoyed Mac's storyline. Yeah, Mac's storyline. Mac and Rain being very... Yeah. Those are ongoing, aren't they? And still ongoing. Rain is very much part of the steam eruptors now, or the the team going into into the prison, which is very exciting. I did enjoy the recent one of the Go-Goat. I was going to say, the singing Skidoo. Very, Uh, yeah, the Skidoo. Go-Goat Skidoo? Yeah. Yeah. Recency bias probably attached to that. Big time. But that was a good fun. Also... Very much like Just Claws. I feel like Just Claws have come up multiple times as like the idea of having a musician or like a music group in the world yes. has really weirdly helped at times yes. when you want to be like, it's a Just Claws song playing on the on the gramophone. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I, I, could... I think that was great. I think my favourite is probably Jockey, the Ursaring. Scott. Was it... oh, I Scott. forget is it Jockey's Scott an NPC. Right? Yeah. That's, that's what I mean though. That's how great Jockey is, is that they are so entrenched now in the world jockey's in the vignettes big time now he's up there you know caught by the extreme ball oh, what God. i loved as well was just the brevity of the email which was just like an ursaring who runs a nudon shop and that's yes. it and we we're like and that's that the one that's what Sensory. we pin our story that's on that's the one so that's got to be jockey for me mm. but to yeah. be honest the odd father them... love the odd father oh, oh yeah wherever the yeah, odd yeah, father yeah. Is. someone's oh, asked yeah, where yeah, is yeah. the odd father and and someone's answered where isn't the odd father and i'd agree Sue <laughs> that's correct that is correct or we never the will but are ever spreading exactly and the that, I mean, that sounds like that sounds like a like a christmas or easter special what's the odd father doing definitely. and i think the thing is with the listener npcs is that there's always something good about every npc that's submitted like we really yeah. have a lot of fun um and you know looking at these NPCs, fitting them into the world. And even though it's kind of hilarious that we never really meet them most of the time, um, we do try and fit them in where we can. And when we do fit them in, they're really, you know, important to the story, like Jockey, like Rain, you know, Mac this time, um, coming in Hillary, which I know was uh, David's one. But look, everyone, let's remember, when you if you get downhearted that your NPC isn't in the podcast, Ali suggested Pest Control Pat. Where's Pest Control Pat, huh? Where, Tom, is... where, are, the, where, where are the Spooper Snoopers? <laughs> the Spooper Snoopers? Yeah, I even oh, forgot my own one. Oh, I remember the Spooper Snoopers. Where are they? Oh, when we were talking about the gym challenge, I remember that. Oh, they were, were they gathering intel for gym leaders? Oh, whatever they yeah. were doing. Um, and 
The last question, Scott. I'm there you so. Go, Tom. You come. You come to the king. Don't be prepared to miss. It's so true. <laughs> so true. Wait, who's uh, the last... king of that? Is that Pesca Troll Pat or is that you? I think the king is Pesca Troll Pat. I think the king's the Hillary, the only one that survived. Oh, oh no! Well. Bad Ooh. choice of words. Oh, bad choice, Ali. Oh no. Um, someone's quickly asked who um, who was our favourite character to meet in the nether space who was our favorite spirit guide barry hillary or heron i quite enjoyed heron just for the sheer fact that we hadn't seen heron in a while um, I, I enjoyed insulting brandy a lot yeah uh, well we could tell it was fun it was i think heron was was the best one because it was antagonistic whereas mm. you know kenny's was platonic and theo's was more sort of mentor guiding it was it, it, it was, was very yeah. appropriate all, to be honest all three were very good for different reasons in the Hillary being there was just very much like nice nostalgia. Actually, yeah, I did love re- the whole was... like let's have the tea that we could never have yeah. in life. Now, but then that I also nice. loved seeing Barry and this kind of different version of Kenny's head version, head cannon Barry, mm, of, of Barry. Yeah, that was for fun. Kenny of like this kind of nice, wholesome friend with a plushie. I remember that Barry, and that's who you know we currently as characters remember, except for Theo, who knows that Barry's absolutely insane um, <laughs> and Theo hasn't told anyone about it but hey that's that's how it goes I'm not sure that's relevant at all uh, Barry, <laughs> yeah. the assassin which regularly of the seven the ways. beast with the beast with the beast with seven powers that haunt regularly haunts yes regularly. the beast with seven powers which, which haunt regularly of course final question from Scott I'm sorry Scott we're not going to get get to you but ask who is Professor Buckthorn I'm so sorry we've run out of time oh, we'll, we'll do it next should we do oh, it next time, time. Next yeah time. please next I'm, next I'm desperate to know so we're if you could next time and uh, yeah. we will do next time but thank you very much Stu for dropping in and and joining us on our our podcast um, that's m- yeah. <laughs> happy, happy good to, to see you because yep. you know special guest star. we very much spent the first fifteen minutes establishing it as our three-person thing. We were like, "Look, we get it. Stu's not here, but we're we're gonna do this ourselves." And then you appeared. So, well, you know, come for the king, don't miss. Oh, right. Why am I? Why is this happening? Someone say something to me where I can say that. And, you know. <laughs> um, but yes, it's been lovely talking to you all. Um, Merry Christmas, because I think yeah, have ha- happy holidays, guys. Yeah, I don't know when this will release. Probably come out after Christmas. So happy. happy holidays. Speaking of which, have you? Have, I know Stu's listened. Have you guys um, heard? I'm waiting Christmas for it treat? to come out on the Patreon. Stu's given the all like loved it, Ali. So I was like, I can't wait to hear it. It doesn't have to be I Patreon. S- it could be main I feed. I said main feed. Main oh, let's feed, do it main so. feed then. Let's do it main feed. I haven't Woo! heard it and I say main feed. Listen, Ali, they come for the king, they, they can't miss. No, so. that was my moment. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've, been, I've been Tom Dale. This has been The Reflect uh, number 17 or wherever the hell we are. You know what? Go live your lives. Have a good Christmas. Or ha- hope you've had Love a good everybody. Christmas. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye Happy festive season. Happy festive season. Come for the king. You better miss him. Mate, better miss me, the king. I always miss you, Tom. Oh, thanks, David.
Oh god. Oh no. Every time. Don't. Oh. Don't. Literally David, every time. Did you, did you put the clean feed up? Yeah. David, you were the one doing the clean feed this time, right? Yeah. Tom, if, Why if would you ever was... trust me with oh, the clean feed? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>